Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip? Innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation from marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of What Makes Them Tip, Entrepreneurial Innovations That Changed Everything. I'm your host, Timmy Bauer, and my guest today is Adam Clark. He is the co-founder and CEO of Tangible Solutions. Adam, welcome to the show. Awesome. Timmy, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. Let's get into it. So first things first, why don't you give our listeners a little bit of background on you? Tell us your journey in entrepreneurship and the origin story of your company. Absolutely. So I started... And it's not my entrepreneurial journey, but I started as a Green Beret. It comes, uh, you know, I got out, started working as a defense contractor, didn't know what I was doing really in the real world. Once I got out of the military, uh, linked up with my business partner uh, to start a, pr- a business, 3D printing. Um, we pulled out the old Ranger handbook as kind of like our, how do we make a plan? And, you know, the who, what, when, where, and why, and started uh, started a business, 3D printing anything and everything that was tools, fixtures, you know, prototypes, uh, mainly dealing with engineering firms. We had an opportunity with one of our customers who is an orthopedic uh, client. They make implants for people. We started working with them. We saw an opportunity about four years into the business where we could really pivot and service a market that was underserviced and pivoted the entire company. We sold off a bunch of our plastic printers, invested more in the contract manufacturing realm. So not just additive, but, you know, finishing the product, packaging it, some of the things that we need to have on staff expertise from an FDA and regulatory standpoint, kind of encompassing that whole world of implants, but our niche within orthopedics is 3d printed implants. Um, And so that is our business today. Contract manufacturer, 3D printing titanium orthopedic implants. So. <laughs> That's awesome. So it, this was definitely not, you You had no idea that this was the business that you would be going into when you started. That is correct. If you would have told me we'd be 3D printing titanium implants, you know, thousands of weeks, seven years ago, I would have said, nah, no, it won't happen. You know, plastics <laughs> is where it's at. <laughs> and you, you were a green beret. Is that what you said? Yeah, I was. So I went in, um, back in 2004, 2005. And then I went through a kind of a fast track program, you know, there were two wars going on at the time. So uh, part of that, you know, what I think what made tangible kind of survival survive things was bringing that guerrilla mind mindset, the guerrilla warfare mindset where you don't have anything, any tools, anything at all has to be created. So, you know, winning the hearts and minds of the people, you know, that, that used to be what we would say is our target, the hearts and minds of the people. Ultimately, yeah. we empower them and whatnot. So we started with like educating people. What is additive? How can it be used within your business? And that is actually what got us into orthopedics because we, we put on these breakfast briefings, you know, hey, come to this, come to this, uh, you know, we'll feed your breakfast. We'll talk about additive. And it was a way to kind of consolidate customers into one spot or prospects in one room, get to know them, answer questions, and then see how that 
works out. And then we kept seeing orthopedics coming through and asking questions. And so that really made us be like, all right, what is this over here? And started to explore. So that really changed our trajectory because it is a defense and aerospace heavy town. Um, and so that just seemed like we were where we were going to go. But then they just had really high barriers of entry to get into. Aerospace doesn't seem ready for what we offer. And we have this market over here that was using the technology, which we have a passion for. Uh, they were excited and open about it. Um, additive is still kind of, or 3D printing is still kind of the wild west. So we were able to take what was the wild west, tame it, put it underneath some good processes, manufacturing processes, ISO certifications, get registered with the FDA, and really just, you know, we call it like developing like a niche, you know, a real tight niche, and then offering depth below that. Meaning, yeah. yeah, we do one specific thing, but there's a lot of regulatory and engineering and every expertise that needs to go into that niche. And so we just wanted to become experts at that, not only in the product, but empathy for our customers. You know, they go through the same thing, you know, in, in businesses, we kind of see the same common themes with our customers in terms of what they're trying to accomplish and how they compete with other folks. So, yeah, yeah. You said it was the wild West, but I'm curious, what are some of the unique ways that uh, your company approaches the market? You know, I think um, when we went out, it was more or less like you can do this with additive. Now you can do this with additive now. And that kind of changed over time because we realized that you couldn't just do everything with additive. You know, we had to really offer something that was a little bit more in depth, you know, finishing the parts. So with us, you know, we'll 3D print the parts, but then we'll have to do some, you know, finishing on a CNC or a mill where we're putting in some certain threads or, or doing a nice machine finish on a surface. And, you know, I don't know if you've seen 3D printed parts, but sometimes you can see, you can tell it's been 3D printed. Um, and so what we offer is basically it doesn't look like it's 3D printed. It just has really awesome designs in it and it looks nice and clean. So our quality of part and our focus on that was a pretty big differentiator, but then also being able to offer some of those, that regulatory assistance, because they're experts on orthopedics and the surgeons and how it works in the, in the, in the operating room where we are experts in our craft of traceability of parts, powder, metrology, lasers, you know, and all the questions that the FDA has about that. So we kind of offer that up and say, hey, client, you're experts here, but go ahead and rely on us for all this expertise out here, free of cost. I mean, it's worked into the parts and the support, uh, but being able to offer that up was something that was a pretty big differentiator because no one knew about the regulatory environment. And so yeah. we just got on the phone. We called the FDA. It was that easy. We just picked up the phone and started calling around, just like you would cold call. And we started asking the questions that our customers were asking to get the answers. And uh, we were able to provide the answers. And that was kind of the, you know, the tipping point, if you will, of them saying, okay, I can trust these guys. So I'm asking a question and they're doing the research. Yeah. And I'm doing the research because I need them as a client. Yeah. And so but being a facilitator of information, um, within that niche and how, you know, how it applies to that niche really gave people a lot of confidence in our ability. It just kind of solidified our technical expertise and then expanded their trust in us because now it's like, they're not just leaning on us from an engineering standpoint. They're now leaning on us from a regulatory standpoint as well, which is just as important because regulatory and quality will set the pace 
on how quickly a product can get cleared. Yeah. So, yeah. Love it. Adam, um, it, you said your company's been around for eight years. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. So in the last eight years, what have been some of the big innovations that you've made uh, as a company? Yeah. So as a company, as we look at design and implementing some of these, and there's so much out there today, you know, 3D printing, there's so many optimizations, there's so many uh, new modeling techniques. That has been an area on design where we've been able to take some of the stuff that's offered, bring it in-house, use it for our purpose, and then go back to them and say, hey, it would be better if you did this. And that has actually started some really great relationships with people who are in the modeling world trying to sell their software to orthopedic OEMs. And it's been like this partnership where it's like, yeah, work with Tangible. We'll work with these guys because they have the software that we have and you can do what we have and kind of training them, if you will, on how to do what we need them to do so we can manufacture it. And that's probably been one uh, one of the biggest innovations that we've not necessarily created ourselves, but have taken and then brought in house and figured out how to use it before anyone else and how it applies to our craft. So I think that's probably one of the biggest ones, but also when I look at additive manufacturing, the whole ecosystem, the whole picture, you know, printing it, wiring off the plate, milling anything that needs to be milled, passivation, laser marking, it all has its own nuances in every business. And it's the same with an additive. And so I think that innovation there and being able to look at a project not just from a 3D printing standpoint, but also like shipping it at the end of the day. It's got to meet a spec. What in, what tools do we need? It's got to be milled. And having that strategy, that mindset of the ecosystem while we're working with a customer in the prototyping phase it makes clearance of a product a lot, lot easier. And I think that's it's part of the missing sauce. A lot of people outsource a lot of those aspects where we said, no, let's bring it all in-house so we can offer our customers end-to-end. Um, and making all that technology work together has probably been our one, you know, another one of our biggest innovations is just old school manufacturing, mixing it with new school manufacturing, bridging the gap and understanding it, how it works together and where it doesn't work together uh, yeah. as well. Yeah. Let's go back to that tipping point that you mentioned earlier of, you said you were just calling the FDA. That was a, that was a big tipping point of success for you. For sure. You know, because we didn't know what we were doing. You know, someone said one day, hey, will you be a contract manufacturer and 3D print all these titanium implants for us? We said, yeah. And we didn't have a metal printer. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't know we were outsourcing it to someone that we had struck a deal with that had a printer and whatnot. And uh, matter of fact, we told them it was in Indiana. They couldn't see it because we're in Dayton. They're like, oh, yeah, it's over in Indiana, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, it's a joke now because we know them and uh, it's been a, a while, but um, we didn't really know what that meant. We didn't know what it, what ISO meant. And that's international standards organization, you know, ISO 9001. You'll see it with a lot of um, regulated uh, manufacturers, if they're regulated by the FAA or the FDA or whatnot. We had no so, idea. What so you guys was. decided that you wanted to basically do manufacturing with 3D printers and so many terms and so much you just did not understand what it meant or how it worked we did not know what we did not know and, <laughs> uh, and it, the, i love that that's a real entrepreneur journey right there <laughs> it was you know and i think that's where grit and hard work and not quitting that that comes into play but you know google's such a powerful tool asking questions and it is amazing you know when you look at regulatory bodies 
you think it's so scary, but they are really willing to help if you yeah. just pick up the phone or email that one link that they have. And that's what we started doing was taking our customers' questions uh-huh. and not knowing, going to the FDA, getting clarification via email. So they would respond back with documented evidence. We would take that and say, hey, this is what the FDA says. So here's what we're going to do. And so, was that relatively simple for you? Like you just it was a lot a easier than I thought. A lot of because I was like, oh boy, we're gonna have to get a hold of the FDA, you know? And uh so I just went to the FDA website, called the first couple of phone lines that I got, got to somebody that said, Hey, go online. We have this email, just shoot your questions to that. We'll get back to you in two to three business days. And they did. Like I thought, no way. It'll be 60 yeah. days before we hear from a regular. Yeah. But they, they answered questions. And then we started to build rapport with the FDA. And then when they would be talking to the FDA, the FDA would know who we were. And they would say, oh, yeah, we talked to Tangible about that. And then that, and it was like this full circle of tipping point of trust. You know, they trusted us. We were no longer just these guys waving our hands saying, we can do your project. They were just, it was kind of like, brand awareness you know it's like when you put your logo next to a nike logo it's automatically like elevated even though you're wearing it to the grocery store someone's like oh it's probably a good company you know yeah but when your brand is so is associated with the fda not that they endorse us or anything just to be clear um but that has that holds a lot of weight because people want to know that they're going to spend a hundred thousand dollars or so on clearing a product that that's not going to go to waste once they go to the fda and say this is our product this is who's making it please clear us because the FDA is going to look at the product and then look at who's making it. And if that whole bucket that they have no control over is well known by the FDA and has a little bit of a reputation, it's kind of a shoo It's kind of like, all right, check the box. We feel comfortable with that. Now we can just focus on the product. And that's kind of the easy part because that's more or less on them to clear their device with some support. So that's why I, I say it. that it's a pretty big tipping point for us so, and focus. You know, we, like I said, we had all those plastic machines and I came down once I uh, went the steps one day, we have an upstairs at the shop and we had three guys standing around a plastic machine that maybe had a $2,000 job on it, you know, and it wasn't working. The machine was down constantly again. And over in the corner or not corner on the other side, we had five metal printers full of implants that were not moving because those guys were messing around with this machine. Got me with my business partner. I was like, that's not moving. This is holding us up. We got to sell it. And we agreed and we just sold off anything that wasn't relevant to orthopedics. And it was scary because we're getting rid of all these customers, but they're really all pains in the butt because it's not our main revenue driver. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure everyone's heard it before. Focus, build a niche, become an expert. You know, I can't like reiterate that enough of find your focus. You know, if you clean roofs for a living, only clean roofs. Don't start offering up to paint the house in the springtime when the leaves are all gone. That's new equipment. That's new expertise. Maybe a new insurance policy. Who knows? And you're, you know, now you're taking away from your expertise over here. Like, no, I'm the roof guy. You need your roof clean. I'm your roof guy. And your reputation starts to grow as the roof guy. And yeah. that's kind of what happened with us. We built some relationships and now we've been in the industry enough where people are changing jobs. And they get to a new company and they're calling us up, companies we've never even heard of before. And we're getting new business just through that. Um, just, you know, because that trust was built in the beginning. They know we're focused. And it's kind of just a, you know, a, a piecemeal of all that stuff under a focus. 
you know, yeah. one focus. So. I love it. Adam, what a, what a great story. What great insights for other entrepreneurs. Thank you so much for being on this episode of what makes them tip. How can listeners connect with you? You know, I'm mostly active on LinkedIn. We've got most of our company is, so that's the best place to hit me up and you know, send me a connection request or follow me or whatever, you know, that's a great place to go. So it's been an honor. I really appreciate being on the show. It's awesome. Great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arcalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arcalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.